0: Welcome to Pair at the Point, the Pittsburgh Penguins podcast of the Face-Off Hockey Network. Follow us on Twitter at Pair at the Point and at the FHN. Visit thefhn.net for daily hockey articles and casts. Hey guys, so we are going to jump right into it because we have a lot to get to. There's been a lot of interesting things going on with the Penguins in the last couple of weeks Obviously, uh, they've been kind of hit or miss, I think. Uh, their record in the last 10 is 5-4-1, so you know, 5-5. Five and five. And I think it kind of goes back to the tale of two teams. In certain aspects, they look um, like they're going to win a Stanley Cup. And then in other moments, it, it looks like they're going to be out in the first round. So I think kind of dissecting that is is interesting, and then how that's going to play into the trade deadline.
1: Trade deadline is on Tuesday, so uh, that is definitely creeping up on us. I will say um, there have been issues, and I think we've talked to about the, the different strengths and weaknesses of this team at length. Um, however, I, I've been really encouraged despite the different, uh, different results over the last month or so. Uh, February was a little rough, but I feel like they're starting to put it together. Defensively, I've been really impressed. I think... That was, an, that was an area where I had the most concern, and this is exactly the time of the year where you really want to clamp down and start to figure it out as a unit. And it seems like they're making some progress there, even though the offense has certainly dried up. So building those habits now, so they're there uh, as a foundation when you enter the first round, I think that's going to give us a real shot to, to do some damage. Uh, that maybe is a hot take, but I, I have some, seen some some progress in terms of pinching at the wrong times and, and turnovers, egregious turnovers. So uh, hopefully that keeps up and the goals to start going in. So
0: before these past two games this weekend, my main concern was the fact that all of our scoring was, was coming from basically five players. And... Obviously, that's our top line, Gino and Latang, And you, you kind of look at who is on the rest of the team. And for me, I, I sort of am realizing a lot of the players are a lot alike. And I know we have talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, we have the Zach Aston Reese and the Dominic Simone. And they are basically the same player, and neither of them can score goals. And then, thankfully, we just got Teddy Bluger back, so hopefully that adds in a little bit of scoring. But even Teddy Bluger doesn't, you know, his role on the team isn't to score a lot of goals. So I think going into into the trade deadline, the main concern and question for me is, are we going to get an additional scorer?
1: Well, yes. So just to double down on your point, Secondary scoring has completely fallen off. Uh, Carter, his insane hot streak. I mean, he's still playing well above the level he should be at his age, but uh, he started to level out and look more human. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, he he just can't buy a goal at this moment. It's the exact opposite of his shooting percentage previously.
0: Well, and to to just quickly um, talk about Evan, his last two games he's had points, and before these last two games, the last time he's had points in two games in a row or more was the beginning of the year. Yeah. So he is just completely fallen.
1: The thing that I like about Evan, in contrast to some of the other players that I'm about to talk about, uh, particularly Zucker and Kapanen, is that, uh, and even Carter to a degree, is that even when he's not hot, he's still doing the right things offensively. Uh, He has really honed his game into a fine forechecking game. Uh, and rounded himself out, so he's not just a, a threat off the rush. Whereas I feel like Kapanen, in particular, when he's in zone, he looks lost right now. Um, and I really hate to—I really hate to beat up on a guy, uh, but I mean, today even on the on the rush, some, a situation where he's typically gotten a lot of his his goals in the past because of his speed. He came down the right wing, had room to cut to the middle and make a deke, and just wound up for a slap shot because he didn't know what to do. He froze.
0: Yeah, I I was like screaming in the living room and- I was having flashbacks to Phil Kessel because Phil always used to do that. He was so fast, he'd get a breakaway and then he'd do a slap shot and then, like, break his stick because he was mad that he didn't score. And Kapanen literally did that same thing. That I should was, be... It that. just blew my mind. I was like, use your hands. Um, Try to you know, do something more creative than that.
1: You should put a shot on net in that scenario. As soon as you cut in and, and put the hip in, you either draw a penalty or you give yourself, like, a 40% shot at actually scoring. And he gave himself a shot from way wide. I
0: mean, you're, you're shooting right into the logo. That's not going to go in on any NHL goal. No, I mean,
1: it's just, that's a less than 1% shot on, on basically a breakaway uh, or at least a contested breakaway. And that is a pure sign of somebody that is in their own head to the extreme. And I, I like what Kapanen has done on the defensive side of the puck this season. I think he's looked the best he has since maybe his second year in, in Toronto defensively but offensively he looks completely lost and then you have yes aston reese simone situation teddy Bluger is a solid player but he his offense comes in spurts so you need somebody i think on the second or third line besides heinen who can really provide that top six level of offense with consistency and we just don't have it right now um I think with Zucker sidelined and looking like his money is is kind of a non-factor to a degree uh, because he's on LTIR, um, it it seems to me like you want to make an investment that makes sense for, for this year and potentially going forward. I don't think Burke and Hextall and Co. are looking for a pure rental, which does limit their options a little bit, but... I think they need to make a move just just a tinker around the edges of the top 9.
0: Well, and and my my reasoning is I think in a normal year, you know, if Sid and Gino were in their 20s, I don't really think you would mess with this team. But realistically, we don't have many years left if any after this year. So I I do think that now is the time to be aggressive. Uh in in the trade market Mm -hmm. and and i think that not at least trying to go after somebody is is a disservice and i know they've said they're comfortable with the team you know they wouldn't do it unless it was absolutely the right move and and i understand all of that especially when in years past you know we just it almost felt like we were just making a trade to make a trade but i i really do feel like it would be you know a disservice to in Latang and Crosby if we didn't at least try to go get another scorer.
1: They've all played out of their minds. Yeah. And they deserve to have that little bit, extra bit of investment. And at this point, our prospect pool, to be totally frank, isn't good. No. So what are you saving it for? When Sidney Crosby is 39, we're not going to be competing for a cup. We're just not. So who cares if you lose out on You know, a middling prospect at that point because you're going to be tanking in a year or two anyway. From that point, as soon as Sid is on the verge of retirement, we're going to be in a. a, He'll keep us, I think, in a bubble mode, but ultimately we want to tank once they, you know, those the big two retire. Uh, With Latang as the big three, but once they're all around that same age group, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's borderline miraculous that all three are as productive and consistently good as they are.
0: Well, and just like a side note about Gino, you know he's really started to look like himself again, and I wasn't hundred percent sure he ever would. He he just seems to be aging significantly less gracefully than than Crosby and Letang. And the last ten games, you know, during this somewhat of a struggle, being you know five and five, Gino's looked the best. He yeah. he just looks like Gino from years ago but
1: he looks like 30 year old Gino he's at bull in a china shop right and now. yeah great. He, look,
0: he looks like he's having fun again he's not in pain and I just can't even imagine what he could look like with someone if we went out and got someone and they they were a good goal scorer yeah I, I think it could be really something special
1: and I, I think honestly it's Heinen Malkin Blank.
0: Blank, yeah.
1: And Rodriguez is looking fine in spot duty. If there's an injury, he can slot up in the first line or the second line. So I really don't think it makes sense to move him. He's more valuable to us as a 28-year-old who's only ever had success with us than he would be in a, in a trade. So unless unless there's something really great out there, I know he's been floated, but he doesn't save us any money when you throw him off off a team, so it doesn't make sense to use him in a package to me um, because he's injury insurance right now. That's his role when we get if. We, ideally we get, you know, a second line winger. Um, he's a guy that could slot in if any of the other wingers gets hurt. And he could do so pretty seamlessly with either Malkin or Crosby's line. So I I, I don't see any benefit, despite his, him going cold, to to tossing him away. Um, a, as an add-on, I'd much rather use a different piece.
0: I, I think that the pieces are Kapanen and, and or a defenseman.
1: It would definitely be, it would be definitely and because Kapanen is, is dry and we're the ones that are trying to pry a piece away from another team. Kapanen, his value has probably never been lower in his career. And I hate the idea of selling low, but at this point for the player and for the team, it makes sense to move on and try to do a flip. It does. Uh, And it really hurts because we've really used three, you know, we, we've used two first round picks on this one to actually draft him and then one to trade back for him after the Kessel deal. So it feels as though we've invested a lot in this guy and I would not be heartbroken to see him stay with the team and get it together next season. But if we're really going to make a run, I don't see him pulling all of his mental pieces together before, before april i just don't
0: well, and i i think for a guy like kapanen a change of scenery might be good for him as Definitely. well so i think it could kind of be a win-win for him and for the team and uh to to move on to the defensive side now that mark friedman has joined the show i mean if anyone's been watching the last couple of games he looks like he's finally put it all together and then you have you have ricola you have uh pio joseph down in Wilkes-Barre there's absolutely no reason to not throw a a defenseman in there well one one because we can and two because financially it just makes sense
1: here's the hard part right Marino has been floated around a lot and Marino has had a down year admittedly but he's really our best right-handed D other than Letang when he's healthy and is Friedman or he yes, he's a righty, but do you trust that enough? they right handed D are always in short supply on that and it took us a long time to find a good one. Does it make more sense to trade Petterson while he's yes. on when he's on a high swing like this?
0: Absolutely. And you know, it's funny because today Petterson was scratched for for Friedman. And in my in my mind, that's kind of
1: a telltale sign that he's
0: proving that Patterson's the odd guy out at this point.
1: It makes sense to me. I mean, coming into the year, that's what we all thought. And Friedman just, looked
0: great today. Again,
1: he just really played out of his mind, but Patterson could always regress back to what he was. You know, you don't know. Um, do I think it's a, a brilliant move to, to trade a, a young defenseman on a cap controlled contra- contract? No, but I also think Marino will improve. And Right now, right-handed D are more important well, to this organization.
0: And in my in my eyes, Pio Joseph has a spot on the team next year. And there's not going to be a spot for everyone. So what's what's really the point I mean, of keeping Peterson at this point? When, you, if we could get something valuable back for him that could help us make a run.
1: And you you have I think Kapanen is at three point two mil, and uh, Pederson is above four mil. So, if you clear both of those off in the same player, in a player heavy trade, maybe you throw in a a low pick, you know, a third pick or a third round pick or a fourth round pick, you package that together, you can get a really decent winger.
0: Like Brock Besser.
1: So, Brock Besser is an interesting choice. (laughs) um, And he's obviously the one that has been floated around the most. I think Elliot Friedman has talked a lot about Vancouver now uh, with Rutherford being in the mix as an advisor um, slash GM. He likes uh, Marcus Pedersen quite a bit. He likes Kasperi Kapitan a whole lot. So, is there a fit there? I think there could be. Um, Vancouver is obviously sellers. Um, They have a bunch of players that are interesting. They have JT Miller, who I don't think they're ultimately going to trade because he's young and he's their best offensive player. And I don't don't understand that even if you're rebuilding, you want pieces like that. Um, Besser has struggled this year badly and, the, and honestly last season too. But we also know he can be an NHL all-star. So would you, would you take the risk on someone like him or would you go with someone uh, like a Connor Garland and maybe, uh, maybe just look for a different fit rather than a- aiming for the, uh, the sky? I don't know. Um, there's a few different pieces on the Canucks that do make sense. Um, in a player-for-player trade. Uh, Burke did come out, and Hextol to some degree as well, basically said, we're capped out. We're really not thinking of doing much. We don't want to throw away uh, prospects and picks the way that we've done in the past. And I understand that mentality. But like you said, we need to compete.
0: And and I don't think, I think we have enough on our roster that we wouldn't have to throw away prospects and picks.
1: Do you think Besser could re his game with Malkin?
0: I do. I, and I think, honestly, are you kind of trading a struggling person for a struggling person? Yeah, of course. But I, I do think that it gives both of those players an opportunity with within a new system. I mean, in a, in a brand new conference, even. And that, that usually helps a player, I think.
1: The yeah. nice thing I like about Besser is we probably, even with all the other re-signing things going on, if we're able to move one from zucker's contract in the offseason you'd be able to resign him he's an rfa because he struggled so much these past two years even if he has a great playoff you could probably go re-up him for a couple of years not and not break the bank which is an interesting prospect so i'm highly highly interested he his shot and his release remind he, the rest of his game not so much but the shot and the release reminds me of james neal so much and
0: well and we all know how Malkin felt about James Neal. I mean, so. Neal
1: put up forty with them, and Malkin put up fifty. So I mean, like they they were goal scoring tandem for a solid two three seasons there together, despite all the off ice nonsense. Um, you get somebody with a with that sort of release, and Geno can do some damage. Get him, get it to him in the high slot, and let it rip. Uh, I, I do want to say before we move on, there are other winger targets out there. So let me quickly list them off. Um, there was some heat around Cali yarncroak who's a center slash wing for Seattle. Uh, we've been linked with him for the past, uh, past deadline as well. Um, he's had a bit of a down year, so if we were looking for a cheaper option for the top nine, uh, not a terrible idea. Uh, but yes, that would probably be closer to a pure rental situation. I think he's on a one or two year contract. Um, let's see who else. There's, uh, I had it listed here. Sorry. Forgive me. Uh, Arturi Lekinen, uh, Montreal. Uh, I really like this player. However, he is on the younger side and it could take a lot to pry him out from Montreal because even though they're going full blow up rebuild mode, um, he seems like one of the pieces that you don't want to get rid of, even though he's in his mid late twenties, as opposed to his early twenties, gritty forwards with speed. That's tough. Um, but were we able to open that conversation? I think that's definitely a team we should also look out for. Um, Arizona. I know there's been a lot of heat there. People have talked about Phil Kessel. I'm not a fan of that. (sighs) Um, but he's not the only option down there. I mean, they have players like, uh, Kravtsov or Fisher. Uh, Fisher's struggled quite a bit, so I'm not sure I'd be super happy about that, but these are the sorts of teams I think we should be talking to. Uh, and finally, I think, and I've always thought, that we should be calling Jersey's phones uh, and talk to old GM Ray Shiro uh, about uh, Zaka. I think Zaka's a great piece. For whatever reason, he's listed as one of the players that's going to get flipped, and you know, he's in his mid 20s on a cost controlled contract, bigger body. He's interesting to me. Um, I don't know if we have the pieces that they necessarily would want, but if he's available, I'm certainly picking up the phone. Uh, I know he's on the left side as well, which isn't necessarily as, as great a fit as Besser, but if we're desperate and we do want to make a change, maybe that's something we could make work and find Hein in a role in the third line and figure something else out. Uh, but he would definitely bring us some size uh, and some net front presence, which we're still lacking.
0: All right. So obviously those are all interesting choices, but (laughs) do you think that any of them will actually happen?
1: I fluctuate on this. My media literacy is telling me that yes, something will happen and Burke and Hexel are playing cards close to their chest. Um, simply because of the scratches that have happened, Kapanen for a game, and then Patterson for a game.
0: It's almost the, like they're kind of testing the waters to yes. see how things work without
1: those players. We've had scouts from Montreal and Vancouver at our games recently, multiple times. So I know conversations are happening. They may say, absolutely, like, we we haven't gotten anywhere, but we know these conversations are happening. When people like... uh LeBron and Friedman are talking about it, it's absolutely happening. The question is, will they pull the trigger? I, I don't know about Hextall. I, I think an interesting part to this, and this is the first time we've really seen this in full force, where Hextall's passive unwillingness to make trades and, and be aggressive versus Burke's, let's go sh- shoot for the moon every season. How, how does that dynamic play out? Because ultimately, I, I believe Hexel has the final say, but it seems to be that th- these conversations are fluid and they're, and they're giving each other honest input. So do they take the risk ultimately and, and potentially have a little bit of backlash?
0: I, I personally don't think anything is going to happen. I, I think that they're almost scared to shake up the room because it has been working obviously we've had a you know a little bit of of ups and downs as every season does but I think ultimately things are working really well I think that they like the guys in the room and I I, I just don't think if, if it was a different GM I would say maybe yeah but I I just think that Hextall is is passive and he and he's not gonna pull the trigger
1: I I think I don't know what they're going to do because I, I, I'm i not familiar enough yet with Hextall. I know that they're talking, but how serious are they? It's something we won't know until Tuesday. They definitely should. There's, there's some pieces of this team that work really, really well, and I think the defensive core is coming together, and Friedman has now inserted himself into that. Kapanen is lost. Zucker is hurt. If one more forward goes down...
0: Well, we don't one- even have, like... We don't have an update on Sucker either. No. We have not heard anything. Is he skating? I mean, I did see on his Instagram the other day he was skating like with his daughter. But is he skating in any. Professional Yeah, sense? any capacity that, that shows us he's on, like on his way. We don't know his injury. It's
1: core injury. but Did it, he have surgery? We don't. It, they've been I, very tight-lipped with the yeah details. i really
0: i i don't know about about that and i haven't really looked either but it's they not, usually keep us so up to date on injury status and i feel like with zucker it's just been so quiet and even the other day on uh, the pens broadcast they were showing matheson they're like oh he's coming back injury Look, updates these injury updates yeah and th- they said nothing about zucker and i'm like where is zucker and ha- <laughs> what is going on with they zucker? haven't shown
1: anything since i'd say the first week of Yeah. It's been a while. I think they have written him off for the first couple rounds at least. Well,
0: I think it almost might be too, like, not that we're trying to cheat the system like Tampa Bay, but if that that salary cap isn't there, you know, that could help us. Yes. If he's not going to be around until the playoffs start.
1: Uh, My gut is telling me they make a move because I think they know that Zucker is out and they – don't feel comfortable with Kapanen ever getting it together at this point. And they also know, I think, Burke's point when he did an interview a month five weeks ago about them being capped out, it's true to, to a degree, but it also showcases all the problems with re-signing that are going to occur with the defense currently constructed and with a couple of deadweight wingers on, on your roster. You can't move Zucker right now as he's injured. Uh, I, I suppose you could, but it's just there's there's rules around that. I in my mind, you need to move some of the dead money off of this team, um, before the off season starts. So if you can already do that in a hockey trade that helps you on the ice, which it seems like there's a few out there, why wouldn't you?
0: Well, and the other thing I, I that's been floated is they're they're maybe trying to get one of Letang or Malkin re signed by the deadline. Which I think is also interesting because that does play into: Are we getting a rental? Are we getting someone who we plan to keep for for years to come? And the way defensemen are already getting paid, Latang is going to get paid.
1: Well, the the number that I saw out there was exceptionally reasonable for what he is in this league. He's a top five defenseman this season. He Yeah, is.
0: and I mean, a player like Ristolainen just got five point five million for five years. That's insanity. And so, of course, like Latang's going to probably get seven more or more.
1: Well, the, the Penguins. I forget who I heard it from, so forgive me for that. It might have been Pittsburgh hockey. Now, it might have been someone else. Uh, said uh, seven, seven plus is what the Latang camp is asking and for, and they're he asking wants for five,
0: right? Five years.
1: They want he wants four years. So the Penguins want three years and six point something. Um, in my mind, seven flat for four years for Latang. yeah that last year he's probably not gonna be as good and that third year maybe eh. but at that point we're gonna be bottom of the barrel well, anyway who and cares and we also need Steve. to trust Latang
0: like, because Latang keeps himself very physically ready and he has not fallen off whatsoever so i don't think i don't think his decline is gonna be as as terrible as some other people in the league
1: i mean as a 38-year-old defenseman, of course, he's not going to be able to play 25 minutes a night. But he's still playing 25 <laughs> minutes a night at 35. He hasn't really seen any major reduction.
0: No. And so, he's staying healthier than ever. And, he, he has himself completely primed for, for a full NHL season. I mean, he
1: just hit 50 points again, and he's playing some of the best defensive hockey of his career. Yes, he has games where he still makes you want to you know, bash your head against the wall. We were at one, you know, where he will throw up, you know, a two line pass right up the gut to somebody who's streaking in. And you're like, how did he not see that? But 98% of the time he's making the correct decisions. He's limited his mistakes. Um He is physically very competent and has aged. Well, his skating is still very top tier. Um, I think I think it makes sense to lock him up for three years at seven if you can come to that sort of compromise. And I think that deal gets done. The Malkin deal, we haven't really heard any details about, but you have to imagine it happens. Um, they that's, said
0: that's a priority. I I don't think I don't think we go into next season without either of them. The
1: the trouble there is that he's going to get a pay cut because he's getting paid nine mil right now and nine plus I think it's it's it might be a little more and that's more than Sid's making and regardless of what his actual value is um league wide like if he would hit the open market he's going to want term I am I would have to imagine similar to the Tang and if you want to do that that number's got to come down as a as a two center I think 6.5 maybe 7 if you're going to be generous. Uh, is is the fair number, especially with his inability to really stay healthy for a full season, um, that has to be a factor. I I think you start the negotiations at six and see where it takes you. Six by four, and you do Latang um, six point five by four, and then you work your way up a little bit on on the number or, or the term, depending on what their camp is looking for. They I think they both get done. Russ is going to be the toughest of the group. And we've known that for some time.
0: Well, and, and Russ isn't making it any easier. We, we when at the beginning of the season when he was pretty injured. We were like, oh, good. It will keep his price down. And then he like came back, man on a mission, been like one of the best players on the ice every single night.
1: 5v5, he's just been dominant. I
0: mean, he just, he just, what, hit 20, his 20th goal the last, last game. And he's just the best. I I can't speak highly enough about Brian Rust and I would be so sad if we don't get that done. But at the same time he deserves to get paid.
1: I mean he's, so gonna, he's I hope get, he
0: gets paid somewhere.
1: The thing that helps is that he's not a center. So that'll you automatically throw a million off right there. But he is a premier top line winger in and the NHL. I do
0: think if he if we can give him the the length of contract, he'd be willing to come down in price um, I know the 6 by 6 has been thrown out there, and I think that would be a steal. Absolutely. Uh, so I really hope that they can get something like that done because I want him on our team long term. I, I always say this, but I really do think that you know if, if something happens with Sid and he's no longer on the team, Brian Russ is the next captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He just is such a quiet leader on the ice. You could tell his teammates look up to him and you can tell that he just has a great relationship with everybody and i think losing him would just be very detrimental to our play on and off the ice
1: there was a there was an article uh it, it might have been a trib it might have been athletic where they were talking about his offensive output and his success this season and last they talked about how he was feeling as though he was always slotted to be a third, fourth line energy guy. And over time, he started to take that a little bit personally that he was never slotted to be considered an offensive difference, difference maker. So each year he worked on getting a little bit better, a little bit better. And you're seeing the dividends of that focus and his hard work, um, and his proximity to Crosby and Gensel and, and really being a student of the game, uh, you can tell that he, he has a, a very high hockey IQ and it is paying off now when he goes to the correct areas and he's able to anticipate plays and uh, really drive uh, possession deep in the ozone uh, along the boards in front of the net. Uh, and that's exactly what that line needs. It's, I, I think in my mind, it's the most complete line 5v5 uh, and I don't think it's close it's the only reason we haven't broken it up, despite the scoring problems, is because it's that dominant. You can't.
0: You can't break it up. And as much as you want to, because you want, you know, Rust has been very successful with Malkin as well as Gensel has, but at this point, you just can't break up that line. They're they're too perfect. They know each other too well. Their passing is insane. They, they are just always in the right places, and breaking that up would just be sad.
1: So now now we now that Gino is, is on his horse and Heinen is is really uh starting to find the front of the net with him, you just need to find that third wheel. And to me, it it's not there internally right now. I know it's
0: Brock Besser.
1: I know we'd like to call up Pustin or Nylander, and these guys I think can make a difference in a pinch.
0: Well and I wanted to talk about that because uh, wilkes bear has some interesting pieces and the last couple of games you know we've tried obviously Pustinan came up on Friday and
1: Zahorna today again yeah
0: and, and Pustinan uh, didn't look out of place at all uh, honestly he didn't look any more out of place than Kapanen looks he had an assist uh, for his first NHL game not bad and then uh, I, I feel like Zahorna always makes a difference he has I think six points now in 15 NHL games which isn't bad Especially a lot of those games, he was really limited on, on ice time. But, you know, he he always slots in wherever we need him, and, and, I, and I never see him look bad or out of place. So, you know, he's also, also an interesting piece. But I just think at this point with the Wilkes-Barre guys, you're replacing guys who can't really score with guys who really aren't going to score. I think you need something bigger. You need something better at this point in that top six. Because all of the wilkes guys right now are going to be replacing guys in the bottom six.
1: Yes. And I like Alex Nylander. Uh, I think he'll be an interesting third, second-line tweener I'm, I'm going forward. I'm honestly
0: surprised we haven't called him up yet. I know he's been absolutely dominant in wilkes He's fallen off a little bit as of late. But he came from, from the Blackhawks just completely ready and raring to go and I think that kind of uh goes back to to the Kapanin and besser point a change of scenery for a guy can really help and and it seemed like the the change for for Nylander really did do a lot for him and uh, one other point I wanted to make too is like with Wil- with books fair I I almost want to keep those guys down there mm-hmm. because I don't want to rush to any of them like Sam Poulin just last had a hat trick last night. Yeah, his first in his career, his professional career. And if we would have pulled him up, you know, I don't think his development would would be growing in the way that it is. And I do think he's going to make an impact on the Penguins years from now. But I don't want to pull guys like him up. I want them to stay down there and develop and and get coached and and kind of put in the hard hours. Before they get called up, because, you know, someone like Gensel or someone like Russ who gets called up and, and is successful, that's not the, that's not the typical thing. That's what we're used to. But I think all the guys down there, including Pustinen in, and Zoharna, I, I want them to stay down there. We yeah. have enough 12th, 13th forwards on, on our roster. I, I really do think they're they're not the answer right now. There's a time and a place for Wilkes-Barre guys to come up and and inject energy into the lineup, but I don't think that's what the team needs right now.
1: And I think there's a good character to some of the forwards down there. The decor I'm not as familiar with outside of Joseph. Um, Joseph is ph- being he's phenomenal. Just but, throwing that out there. I mean, Poulin and Bella Reeve are both former captains, recent captains, and I think allowing them to become leaders on a young team that has seen some struggles and, and stick around with these, you know, some older guys and, and learn the ropes from them as well. I think that's going to pay huge dividends down the line if they become, you know, second, third, fourth liners, and they need to step into a room and be mature and uh, find their a new role. Um, so I Allowing them to gel and potentially win a round or two come playoffs, I think that would be huge for them. Uh, So yes, I agree. Rushing has been something we've done consistently, and it has not worked out um, well when we have done it. So take your time, let them experience a little bit of success, a little bit of failure down there as a group, and then they can be this next wave as we're really going to struggle over the next three, four seasons, most likely, uh, to, to give us some support. Uh, I I'm I'm enthusiastic about this offseason um but I'm more enthusiastic about the potential for us to make make one final run. I this feels like the last ride. Last year felt like the last ride. This really does. Um so there seems to be no reason to keep your chips on on your side of the table
0: i mean i think every year moving forward when you get to the trade deadline if we're having a winning season you have to put it all out there while we have crosby malkin and Latang on the team i just think if if they can get us to this point and you think there's a chance what's the point of of saving it
1: i mean throw out the commentary from the pundits and throw out the power rankings because I know everybody's obsessed with them all the time. But look at what Montreal was able to do with a trash team last year um, of kind of misfits and old veterans and, and rookies or, or second-year players. They were able to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final and do some damage um, just on the back of some good goaltending and the team gelling at the right time. Crosby, Malkin, and Letang are all a- Pushing a you know a point a game right now, um and Russ there to, is there too. So it's like. And Gensel. We have the core, despite the age, despite the factors and 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 the shortcomings of the team. We have the core to go deep. Will we? Don't know. But you have to you have to believe in your crew, and part of that is making an easy fix. Uh, on the forward core when it is available. And there are uh, there are options. We're not up against it here. We can make a, a hockey trade that m- will make us better on the ice and give us a better shot to go deep. So I- I'm excited. Tuesday I'm going to be refreshing my Twitter feed pretty much all day. Um, should be a national holiday. It really should. <laughs> I used to take it off work every year. Um, so uh, not not quite as dedicated as I used to be, but it'll be fun. Uh, so it should be some interesting moves around the league. I expect Florida to really go all in. Uh, a couple other teams out there, maybe Calgary, tries to pick some people up. But I- I'm interested to see if Giordano can go back there. Uh, it'd be kind of that fun. would be cool.
0: Yeah, I I think uh, we'll try to recap uh, trade deadline stuff if if the Pens make any moves this week or next, and and kind of go over what that's going to look like. Hopefully. But um, I think for now the Pens are going on a road trip. I think they're in Nashville on Tuesday, I believe. Mm. So, you know, that that'll be good. I the Pens are so good on the road and I think that they're the best they have been in history in Penn's history on the road this year. Jake Guntzel is absolutely phenomenal on the road. So I'm looking forward to the I think it's a three game road trip. I'm glad we ended the three game homestand with two wins, two big wins. Um The
1: Carolina win was absolutely yeah, massive. Yeah, massive. Today. So
0: obviously we've been trying to beat them for a couple of games now we, we've played them a lot in the last couple of weeks so it was it was good to get a win even though the end was a little scary Tristan Jari is a little scary sometimes but that's a conversation for another day so yeah I think I think we'll we'll be back to recap at some point in the coming week and I think that's all for us for now
1: thanks for listening bye
0: bye